From the Financial Times in London, I'm Leslie Hook, and this is FT News. Apple has a new solution to growing concerns about app addiction and excess screen time. More software. The iPhone maker promised this week that the next version of its mobile operating system would give customers the option to place time limits on their use of specific apps and track how long they spend using their smartphone. There are new privacy protections coming for Apple customers, too. The upcoming version of Apple's Safari browser will push back against the ad tracking and device fingerprinting techniques that marketers use to monitor browsers' activity on the web, starting with Facebook's Like button. On the line with me to discuss this is the FT's tech reporter, Tim Bradshaw. Tim, could you first outline for us what are the new tools for managing screen time that Apple has unveiled and how will they work? These new settings in iOS 12, which will come out for general use later this year, there's sort of three main planks to it. One of them will create a new dashboard that shows you for the first time on an iPhone how much time you spend looking at different apps and using your phone overall. And that's something that even Tim Cook, Apple's chief executive, said he was surprised to discover how much time he was spending on his iPhone. And then the second one is around app limits. And this means that if you feel like you're using a particular game or a particular app too much, you can say, I only want to use this for one hour per day. And at the end of that hour, you have a little notification that pops up and says, hey, time to put this down. And if you're a parent and you control your children's smartphones you can also set that for particular times of the day so you can have them blocking games at bedtime or or that kind of thing and then the third part of it is around notifications and the do not disturb mode we're all very accustomed to seeing lots of pings coming up on our screen and waking up to them often a screen full of push notifications and text messages and emails apple's changing the way that it manages those notifications in iOS 12 so that they'll be easier to mute. You could have Do Not Disturb turning on for an hour or when you're in a particular location. The example they gave was at a playground with your kids. So all of this is coming in uh, two or three months' time when the next version of the iPhone operating system ships to consumers. What's the context? I mean, it seems like the conversation around the impact of screen time has changed a lot in the past year When did these concerns first start to gain public attention? Yeah, it's become a big worry, both inside Silicon Valley and outside and sort of public health and campaigners areas. Insofar as it's something that became a prominent issue for Apple, they received a letter from some prominent shareholders in January telling them to get a grip on this issue because it could become not just a public health matter, but also a potentially legal or or regulatory liability if customers start to complain about the effects that smartphones are having on themselves or their children. And so what we saw this week was the sort of first real attempt from Apple to tackle this in earnest. There have been some features around parental controls that have been baked into iOS for several years, but nothing that really acknowledged the fact that the devices that Apple, Google and Samsung and all of these other smartphone companies have put into our pockets are increasingly compelling and compulsive and some would say addictive. It's something that's been blamed for sleep deprivation. It's just annoying to have a conversation with someone who's constantly checking their phone. And I think there's a recognition in the tech industry that it's something that they need to tackle. And perhaps that could have come a little bit sooner, but they're tackling it now. And how does this compare with what Apple's competitors are offering? Is Apple ahead of the crowd or late to the game in terms of giving its users all of these options to control their phone addiction, if one can put it that way? 
as is so often the case in Silicon Valley, nothing happens for many years and then suddenly everyone rushes into the space all at once. So just a couple of months ago, we had Google at its own developer conference talking about some of its own digital health steps. They're by and large the same. Basically, the next version of Android that comes out will have a dashboard for monitoring how much time you spend using your smartphone overall and which individual apps you're looking at the most. There'll be an app timer that you can lock yourself out of YouTube or Instagram or whatever it is for a set period of time. And again, more parental controls and notifications. Google's approach to this is slightly more hardline. If you set it to lock yourself out of an app for a particular period of time, it's a lot more cumbersome to override that. Whereas Apple's approach is a little bit more of a kind of nudge. And if you really want to keep using that app, you can just press dismiss on the screen that pops up and it'll keep nudging you to say hey have you thought about going out and getting some fresh air and sunshine but it's trying to give more control to the user rather than just locking people out cold they're different approaches but they're both pushing at the same kind of thing i think the main difference in how this will affect users is that because apple controls the iphone directly you get a lot more people installing its new operating system updates i think they said about 80 percent of iphones have the latest version of ios right now whereas it's a sort of single digit percentage for android because they have to go through mobile operators and partners like samsung or htc to deploy these software updates so many more people will be getting these controls through iphones this year got it this ios update also includes privacy controls like the safari browser blocking buttons across the web for social media companies like facebook Yeah, so we've seen Apple make a big play around privacy in the last few years, going back to its argument with the FBI over encryption of an iPhone that was recovered from a terrorist attacker, all the way through to very overt criticism from Tim Cook about the Facebook Cambridge Analytica scandal and some of the ways that other companies in Silicon Valley rely on data for their income, which is easy for Apple to say when they charge up to $1,000 for a phone and most of these other services online are given away for free. But it's nonetheless been a clear point of distinction that Apple has made with the rest of the valley, really. And we saw that continue this week. So Safari, the web browser that comes built into Macs and iPhones and iPads, so it, it kind of applies across the board, will prevent ad tracking companies from doing what's called fingerprinting. So the way that you have your device configured, whether that's the software that you have installed or even things like, you know, the memory that you have on your laptop, allow a tracker to build up a profile of what your computer looks like as opposed to everyone else's. And Safari will basically show a plain vanilla version of that to everybody. So everyone looks the same. And then there's also a very specific blocking to social sharing buttons, of which Facebook's like button is the most famous, but there's also Twitter, Pinterest, A lot of companies have these little buttons that people can embed in their websites and article pages to help people share their content with their friends. Those buttons are also used to track people around the web and help target advertising. That will be cut off a little bit through Safari. It's another incremental step in all of this. Obviously, if you're Facebook or Google, you can track people through the apps that people download to your iPhone in a much more granular way than you can through the like button anyway. So it's not a huge problem for Facebook and Google necessarily, but it's another way that Apple's trying to draw a line between what it does and how it makes its money and what it sees as the kind of privacy infringements that its rivals in the battle for attention online are making. So as Apple makes this new push, is the balance of power between consumers and the big tech companies shifting? Are consumers actually becoming more powerful as part of this process? 
It certainly feels as though that's starting to happen. I mean, we've had that come through regulation as much through technology. The GDPR rules that came in last month in Europe and have reverberated around the world, around every company that you've ever subscribed to on the internet, sending you an email telling you about their privacy policy to Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, all having to change the way that they handle users' information and the kind of permissions that they need to collect data about people. That's one part of it. It sort of puts the onus on tech companies to change how they handle user data. And then measures like the ones that Apple and Google are announcing in smartphones are more about giving users themselves the control. But the hard thing is, all of these companies rely on screens in one form or another to make money. And, you know, there was a 10-minute portion of Apple's developer conference keynote on Monday was given over to these screen time protections. And then the rest of it was all new types of emoji and a new books app and new group video calling and FaceTime that are all about encouraging you to use your phone more and in new ways. So at the end of the day, it's not really a fair fight for consumers in this battle for attention. You have Silicon Valley companies worth billions of dollars pouring huge resources and huge amounts of data engineering to figure out what makes people come back and use these apps every day and what makes them addictive. They want them to be addictive so that they can keep showing you advertising and keep selling you phones. And it seems slightly inadequate that the consumer has only a small setting in the control panel of their smartphone to help them fight back against that. So at the same time as users have these new tools to control screen time, the tech companies are still pouring lots of time and energy into making their apps as addictive as possible. And I guess that business model is very hard to reconcile with limited screen time. Tim, thank you very much for joining us. If you'd like to read more on this, please go to ft.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.